The following is for information purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. All opinions and views expressed by the contributors to this podcast are in a personal capacity only. They do not represent the views of Progressive Equity Research or any other organisation mentioned in this podcast. Money never sleeps, pal. Hey, Jeremy. Morning, Gareth. Good to have you on again. Uh, it is Friday the 16th of February. It's been a bit going on this week. We've had an electoral shockwave and a recession announced, both of which were very much expected. And we've had some US and UK inflation data, which perhaps was a bit less in line with expectations, but a couple of surprises there. So do you want to talk us through what, what you've seen across the week? Yeah, well, we began the week asking whether the UK would have a recession and ended the week knowing that, as best we can know, yes, we did in the second half of last year. But that was last year. You know, what do we make of all this? What are the implications for markets? Because obviously, that's backward-looking. Markets yeah. are forward-looking. I guess my first question is, is it right to classify the UK being in a recession? I mean, technically, it might be, but is it right when the rate of unemployment is falling? It's at sort of almost historic lows. And consumer spending, as indicated by figures released this morning, are unexpectedly strong. You know, if we think back to this time last week, we were listening to Alistair Stewart tell us about the uh, indications he's been seeing from the UK housing market, which, upon which most of our balance sheets depend, personal balance sheets, is that um, consumers are increasingly confident. You know, real wages are rising. Uh, the rate of housing reservations are increasing. We had that confirmed from a, one of the smaller house builders, MJ Gleeson, this week. And having reined things in a bit ahead of Christmas, the consumer now appears to be spending again in January. The sentiment definitely on the news and in the media around this sort of announcement of the recession, there was a lot of focus on the fact that maybe it's only a shallow recession, maybe it's short-lived. So it felt like certainly the media and some of the vox pops of interviews that they were doing with people. People are trying to be positive. It just, I, I sense Yeah, a, no, I, I think that's right. I, I get the same yeah. feeling. You know, the debate over whether we are or weren't, were or weren't in a recession last year is essentially an academic one. One can't ignore the fact that the UK economy, along with most other economies in the world, are pretty stagnant. And stagnant for the UK economy is probably not bad. To my mind, the question for markets around the UK in particular is what has already been discounted. And yes. I remain of the view that the UK equity market is like an unloved value stock. You know, we all know the type that has had multiple profit warnings, expectations are rock bottom, uh, everyone's given up on it. And then it comes out with a trading statement saying, yeah, life's tough, life's difficult. You know, but it's just as expected, same as it ever was. And yeah. what, what happens? Well, the share price goes up, sometimes a lot. What is important is the recovery or growth trajectory that we and everybody else should see as and when rates, and I think it's when, not if, rates are cut during the course of this upcoming year. It's definitely slowed faster than the US economy, which is the benchmark. So does this mean that the MPC, the Bank of England, will lower UK rates ahead of where the Fed would lower rates? I think my opinion is that they won't, that it's unlikely they're going to do that. And I think the level of sterling versus the dollar indicates that's the case. So, so we're going to wait and watch the Fed. And when they when they move, then maybe we can follow suit. Yeah. Okay. And I would say, albeit the GDP data in the States is 
in the second half of last year was incredibly strong. There are secondary indications, including overnight consumer spending data from the states, indicating that actually things in the states, the US economy is slowing. The biggest issue is the rate of change of inflation. Yeah. And the data there is mixed. We know, we knew that inflation moves around. It doesn't come down or go up in a straight line. And it might not be definitively positive at the headline level, but I think the underlying trends remain, particularly in energy markets. I mean, US gas prices are and global LNG prices are very low. You know, so there is a continuing trend of underlying disinflation, if not outright deflation. And I think that bodes well for lower rates this year. One can point out that bond yields spent this week, as most of last week, you know, over a recent couple of weeks now, bond yields are continuing to rise. And I think one has to square that off with concerns, geopolitical and political concerns over the likely rate of bond issuance. So this is a headwind. And you know, one factor that is being talked about in recent days is defence spending European defence spending and commitments to NATO. Uh, So how many euro-denominated bonds will need to be issued in coming years in order for various European countries to meet their NATO defence spending commitments and to get a certain Donald Trump off their backs? And that seems to be, I I think that's clearly a concern. You know, one could argue in the short term, you know, an increase in any kind of fiscal deficit spending is uh, it might be a boost to the economy temporarily, but yields are going up, so it's it's a bit of a headwind. And that's because of a worry of, of a number of European governments having to issue new or countries having to issue new debt to meet their their military spending requirements. That's the yeah the risk. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. As all this macro stuff is going on, it's worth reminding ourselves that equity markets. Uh, remain firm and in you know largely going up, particularly in the US, where the AI bubble seems to be growing, and I think interesting as well, sort of widening in its scope, yeah, beyond the Mag Seven into the smaller capitalised stocks, including uh, UK listed Relex, the old Reed Elsevier. So I think um, you know if you're sort of using the dot com bubble as a guide, I think we could still be in what is the early stages of this bubble. To the people who will benefit from the application. So, yeah. in the case of Relex, it's got very valuable data, proprietary data that would benefit enormously from um, the application of AI. So, I think that has implications for smaller companies. And if that bubble reaches smaller companies, the price action is therefore greater. So, I think yes. there are, you know the analog from the dot com boom would be. You know, the initial phase where you had the telecom stocks and Cisco momentarily becoming the largest company in the world to then, you know, in a matter of months, you had companies that were previously valued at 100 million being valued at 3 billion. That is where this thing could go. Yeah, it can ripple out very quickly. That's right. Yeah. So what about uh, what about company news this week? What have you been looking at? Yeah, so really just a couple jumped to mind for me. Firstly, we had Bloomsbury on Tuesday, which was a pretty positive update, actually, and they reminded people that uh, we're all still reading books, which I think is it's fantastic to hear. It's, it's nice to know. Um, fantasy fiction books. In, exact, yeah, fantasy fiction in particular. I'm wondering maybe people are trying to uh, remove themselves from reality because <laughs> there's a lot of bad stuff going on at the moment. So it's maybe not a bad thing to be able to, to get so into you either, that fiction. you either pay $3,500 or whatever it is for an yeah. Apple headset, leave reality, or you just buy yeah. a book. Buy, yeah. buy a nice old-fashioned hardback and achieve the same <laughs> result. So, so yeah. 
And then later in the week, we, we saw actually just this morning, one reason why people might want to escape reality. Um, there was a pretty severe warning from XP Power. Um, yeah. They've said that there's some destocking going on in a couple of their markets. And they've also uncovered some costs, which they'd previously been expecting to capitalize, I think, during last calendar year, which they're now going to be taking to the PL. So it was a, a pretty severe downgrade and warning for calendar 2024 with what looks like a, a revised way or a different way of treating some costs in 2023, all of which is quite embarrassing because they raised a short £45 million back in November, so not long ago. And even more recently, they had a what looked like an inline trading update just in January. So uh, their view on 2024 is clearly worsened quite dramatically, quite quickly, at a time when actually across the markets, I think, and I think I think you tend to agree, it feels like things are starting to feel generally better across most yes. markets. Across I'm the wondering whether it's a China thing. Yes, they, it they, could be they, very they, specific. Yeah. Uh, it could be. And yeah. they make reference to healthcare or I think medical device destocking issues. So it could be quite company specific to them, but it does look pretty clumsy given what's happened previously. And I I suspect quite a few investors will be looking at other companies in that sort of general industrial supply chain. Yeah. Um, An an important reminder that 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 level of stock in customer inventories is a very difficult thing for companies to predict or understand and, and manage. Yeah. And I think we were talking a couple of weeks ago about how but I was saying that companies seem to have got better at these things during COVID because they'd had to deal with all of the volatility and the highly unpredictable nature of demand during COVID and the COVID rebound. This feels like it's another company which is suffering from some of those things. Hopefully it's, it's one of the last and hopefully you know there'll be fewer of these shocks going forward. But yeah, that was a, a salutary warning this morning that it's not all over. The other thing that caught my eye was Close Brothers, which I keep a bit of an eye on because it's a long-standing city name, sort of broad spread of relatively unrelated financial market activities, very successful business over the long haul. But this week quite abruptly cancelled its dividend due to fears of the findings of the ongoing or the recently launched FCA investigation into car loan mis-selling. So this is raising the spectre of a um, a rerun of PPI or PPI on wheels, as I saw it uh, reported in the papers today. So it's specifically an issue for Close Brothers that um, has a car leasing financing uh, is quite a major part of its business. But I think it's an ongoing issue around banking and financial services that you're never too far away from the regulator saying no. A more difficult thing probably to predict than restocking or destocking issues in the industrial yeah, supply chain is um, yeah. where these things can uh, pounce next. Yeah. So looking forward to next week, um, is there much in the in the macro diary? No, it looks like a quiet outlook for next week. The only thing I could see was the publication, I think, on Thursday next week of the Fed's Federal Open Markets Committee minutes. So basically, we get to hear the juicy detail of their deliberations from last month's meeting. Normally, the sort of rule of thumb is that it's a case of buy on the rate news and sell on the minutes. But I think with rates largely on hold at the moment, I don't think it's going to be a market moving piece of news. And so, yeah, really, I don't think macroeconomic data, at least, is going to be driving the headlines as far as I can tell over the next week. Okay, well, we'll look maybe a bit closer to home and see what company news is. We're starting to get a bit more company news coming through now. And, and um, we're seeing the odd little bits of fundraising and M&A activity coming through as well, which is nice to see. Some of the pretty small stocks, so there's nothing huge to report on, but um, interesting to see activity starting to build there. So hopefully, again, that's a, a yeah, positive definitely. harbinger for the year. So fingers crossed, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up this time next week. Okay, good to talk. Thanks a lot.
Brought to you by Progressive Equity. This is your wake-up call, pal. Go to work.